quit looking around and start looking ahead. When things don't go your way, you're in the midst of a mess, but look ahead. Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you've joined us as we continue to look at Hebrews chapter 11 and what we do when things don't go my way. All of us can relate to that, and when life does feel like it's absolutely falling apart around us, it does feel like we're in the midst of this big mess, and the temptation is to look at the mess, to dwell on that problem, and to maybe even get into that crazy cycle where your mind just can't let go of whatever that mess is and whatever you're facing. But a great reminder from Pastor Ford today that as we're in the midst of that mess, we do need to look ahead to get our eyes off the mess and look to Jesus. And I know that uh, that can be easier said than done, but as we spend time in God's Word and as we develop the discipline of doing that and as we cultivate the habit of not looking at the mess but looking at Jesus, that battle becomes easier to fight. That's what we're looking at in today's message. So I hope you'll open your Bible and join us in Hebrews 11 as we continue When Things Don't Go My Way. Here is Pastor Ford. Is Jesus greater than, and I just, just take Aaron, because I did it with everybody, but I'm only going to do it with Aaron, because I know you don't want to hear all that. Some of y'all don't even want to hear all this. <laughs> but I took 10 ways. I'm just going to go through. Jesus is greater or better than Aaron. Why? In position. Why? Because Jesus, I mean, Aaron is only a high priest. Jesus is the great high priest. Aaron could only go in once a year. Jesus sits in the presence of God all the time. He's greater in his position, uh, but he's greater in his person. Aaron is a man, but Jesus is the God man. He's greater in his person. He's greater in his period of time because Aaron is temporary. Is a point on the man wants to die, but after that, the judgment. But Jesus Jesus is the eternal one, the I am of scripture, and he's greater in place because Aaron is earthly, but Jesus came from heaven. He's greater. He's greater in the practice of sacrifice. Why? Because Aaron had to go many times, many times, many times, but Jesus only had to go once and for all, and then he sat down. He's greater. The product sacrifice. Aaron had to sacrifice an animal, but Jesus is better. He's greater because he sacrificed himself. The procedure. Aaron offered for sins his and the people of God, but Jesus only offered for our sins because he had no sin. He was without sin, and so he's better. Aaron, in his prominence, was a priest, but Jesus was both the priest and the sacrifice. Aaron was a type, but Jesus prophetically was the fulfillment. He's better so that Aaron would bring men to God, but Jesus would bring men to himself because he is God. So his purpose was greater. So why would you go back? 
If you go back, who could redeem you? If you go back, who could take away your sins? If you go back, who could write your name in the Lamb's book of life? If you go back, who can make sure that you get to heaven absent from the body, present with the Lord? If you go back, what do you have? Because when you got Jesus, you have everything. And when you don't have Jesus, you ain't got nothing. You don't live life. You merely exist in life. So he says, when things don't go your way, don't go back. But then notice, 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 number six, number six, he says, but now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly. Know that the best is yet to come. When things don't go your way, you don't go back. Why? Because you know the best is yet to come. Now, now this word better, look at Hebrews chapter one, verse four, Hebrews chapter one, verse four. Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Tell him he has a better name than the angels. Look at Hebrews 12, 24. Hebrews 12, 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. The words translated better things is one word. It's better. Now, what does the word mean? It literally means, listen to this, it's used, and I'm going to give you all the scriptures where it's used, but it's used in four different ways in scripture. Better in strength, better benevolently, that is in giving, better because it's more profitable, more valuable, better because it's more favorable. Those are the four ways that the word better is used, and two of them in the Old Testament. See, they knew the best was yet to come. I got to explain one other word for you, and that's the word desire. Because when you hear the word desire, how many tell true shame the devil? You think of something in your heart, don't you? Anybody like me when I first read the word? That's why I always check. Because I don't take anything for granted because the Greek language is so complete. So when I looked it up, guess what it means? It's not talking about something in your heart. It's talking about something in your hand. As a matter of fact, here's what it's talking about. Something in your heart that's not in your hand, it means to stretch forth and reach for it. Like a runner reaching for the tape, to cross the tape. That, that, that's powerful. He said, we're strangers, that means we're away from home. We're pilgrims, that means we're going home. So then, this text teaches us the first part of this principle. They're not looking to the promised land for his seed, He's looking for the holy land of his Savior. So the immediate gives way to the ultimate. We talked about that. Warren Wisby said this way, if the outlook looks bleak, try the uplook. That's good. See, he's not looking for the city behind him because you don't look back. Nor is he looking at the city beside him, even though he's in the land that he's promised. He's looking for the city that's beyond him. That means then heaven is not only a destination, it's a motivation. In other words, it's saying what he's looking forward to, heaven. Henry Morrison was a missionary for 20 years on the field. And uh, he came back home on furlough. Uh, well, actually, he came back home after 20 years. He was going to retire. And he was on the same ship as Theodore Roosevelt. Thousands of people were there to greet the ship uh, whenever it pulled up the dock. And he looked at his wife and he said, it's a shame. She said, what? All these people 
came out to greet the president for something that he's done in an earthly capacity. We have been serving God for 20 years and seen thousands of souls won to heaven and nobody's here to greet us. She looked at him and she said, Henry, we're not home yet. We're not home yet. Do you realize that? We're not home yet. Let, let me just read a passage to you. Uh, we're not home yet. Uh, because Gal here's what Galatians says in Galatians chapter 3, 1 through 4. I'm just going to read it. If you then be risen with Christ, it's an if of a first class condition. There's five of them. First class condition could be better translated since. So this is where King James could have uh, made it uh, more comprehensible. If they'd have put, since you then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So then, quit looking around and start looking ahead. When things don't go your way, you're in the midst of a mess, but look ahead. Don't, okay, I gotta make this applicable. Let me give the application to this text, uh, this principle, and move on. Uh, this is a story uh, that I heard from a television preacher, but everybody knows it's true, because television preachers wouldn't lie. You're going to have to wait for that story in just one moment. But you're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr. We'll continue when things don't go my way in just a second. Thank you to those of you who are letting us know how Pastor Ford's teaching is making a difference in your life. Recently, we heard from a listener on Facebook who says, Thank you so much for the truth that you've given on Before You Say I Do. I love that whole series. And though I'm single, I desire someday to find the man that you describe and I want to be the woman that I have to be. Bless you, Pastor Ford. Well, Denise, thank you for your note. And maybe, uh, like Denise, you happen to be single, and you're wondering, this Before You Say I Do series, what's that? Well, you can come to our website, and you can listen to the programs there. You can simply listen through your computer, download MP3s, or even order copies of that series on CD. It's called Before You Say I Do. And if you happen to be married, you can order the series after you say I do. You'll find those links and much more when you come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, let's get back to the message. When things don't go my way, once again, here is Pastor Ford. A woman with children, she's a single parent, and uh, the, the, the father's long gone. She has the house, and uh, she's working, but she's underemployed. She can't afford the house. Then she gets laid off, and her unemployment is not enough to pay the mortgage. So the house goes in foreclosure. She's praying. She's asking God. She's agonizing. What am I going to do with my children? Where am I going to go? What's, I need a job. What, what's going to happen? And she's praying. And how many know that you can be in foreclosure and pray, and God, God don't have to answer that prayer? But how many of us know the best is yet to come? Yeah, best is yet to come. And so what does she do? House goes and, and, and the foreclosure is final. She doesn't know what she's going to do. And so she decides, I got to have closure to this. So I'm going to go to the house sale when the bank sells my house. Just to get closure. Just to see that somebody gets it. Because she had been in a long time, raised all her children there. 
She goes to the cell to get closure. She's sitting there and her house comes up, the picture of her house comes up for auction. And she begins to weep. As she's weeping, a woman over to the side of her sees her crying and comes over and says, are you all right? Is there anything I can do? And she says, no, this is my house. And she briefly tells her the story as the auctioneer is auctioning off the home. The woman who was sitting beside her started bidding on the house, won the bid for the house, got the deed to the house, came back and sat down by the woman and said, listen, I came here to buy a house for my son. But when you told me your story, I knew that God didn't send me here to do it for my son. He sent me here to do it for you. And she gave her the deed to the house. There's no way in the world you could explain to her that your desire for closure and God's desire to answer your prayer, they're going to meet. And God's going to send a woman that you don't know to buy you a house that you couldn't keep. And get this, now she no longer has a mortgage. All she has is the taxes and she can pay that. Jacob said, all these things are against me. Joseph is no more. Benjamin is no more. Genesis 42, 36. And, and, and God says, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You, you're being set up. The best is yet to come. Famine's going to be in the land, but I've already provided what you need. I'm going to talk about that a little later. All I came to tell somebody is don't believe the nevers. I'm never going to get well. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to have a good marriage. I'm never going to get my act together. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to finish my education. I'm never going to understand the Bible. I'm never going to have a consistent prayer life. I'm never going to make an impact for God. I'm never going to see anyone come to Christ through my witness. I'm never going to get that house. Somebody look at somebody and say, the devil is a liar. <laughs> yeah, the best is yet to come. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to his mighty working power in us. Didn't God show you? You lost your job. Wife lost the job. You shared with me at the hospital. I called the mortgage company. I can't pay my mortgage. They said because you've been so good and because you ain't got that long, we're going to defer it. You don't got to pay till April. <sighs> That's why I say you ought to thank your haters. You ought to thank those who abuse you. Why? Because how many of you know that you wouldn't be where you are now if you hadn't gone what you went through? Your haters are going to become your elevators. That, that you need to realize, listen, listen, let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. I tried to run. I tried to go back. I tried to go back to Pittsburgh. So I, I was catching up in here. I was giving as much as I was catching. All right, all the old members know I was giving as much as I was catching. You know, and sometimes I was catching it because I was giving it. Because sometimes if you don't want what you get, you got to stop giving what you're giving. Mm, Y'all get that on the way home. So, so, so my home church came open. I got down on my knees. I should be pastoring my home church. And so, and so I prayed. I had my wife praying. I said, oh, yeah, I know I'm going to get it. I go home all the time. They, they call me home. Come preach, pastor. Come. And everybody said, you're going to be the next pastor of this church. I'm going to vote for you. Send your resume in. I sent my resume in. And the two church bosses 
Uh, we call him the Silver Fox. He'll be here in May. Silver Fox and Mel Austin, head of Deacon Board, took my resume out and didn't share it with the pulpit committee. I come home to preach that summer, and uh, one of the ladies said to me, I'm mad at you, Bo Ford. I said, why? Because you didn't send your resume. I said, yes, I did. No, you didn't. I'm on the pulpit committee. I said, I, said, I sent it because I was ready to leave Chicago, that South Shore Baptist Church, and all them so-called Christians up there. I was ready to leave. Thank God for unanswered prayer. They pulled it. They thought, hey, we don't want him. We'll get rid of this. And, and Teddy Banks said, oh, there's going to be some trouble up in here. She didn't say the word trouble. And we were in church on Sunday, too. That's right. I'm serious. And I said, no, 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 no. It's the sovereign will of God. Why did I say that? Because that's what I'm supposed to say. I'm a preacher. And I, say, I, said, I said, it's the sovereign will of God. He didn't want me here. But we, if, you, if your resume had been read, that would have been it. Everybody on that committee knows you. Everybody served under your ministry. Everybody would have said, yes, 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 yes. And I said, and that's probably why they pulled it. Now, fast forward the video. I'm telling you, what I'm doing now with the connections that I have and the favor that's been given me, if I'd have been at Bethany in Pittsburgh, I don't believe a one of them. I wouldn't be on the Moody Station. And I look at that, I, I taught at Moody because I was here, a professor. All, all the things that God hooked up was because I was here. That's why I told you I'm staying here. <laughs> that's right. Amen. Amen. I'm a bloom where I'm, I'm staying right where God put me. But, but, but you see what I'm saying? <laughs> the best is yet to come. See, they thought they were kicking you out when they were really kicking you up. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you got that. Listen, think about this. Judas betrayed Jesus. Boo! Uh-uh! Yay! Yay! Because he came and betrayed him with the highest sign of affection, a kiss. And he betrayed him for the price of a slave, 30 pieces of silver. And we look at Judas and we say, man, it traitor. Yay! Because if Judas would not have betrayed him, then he wouldn't have went to Calvary. And if he wouldn't went to Calvary, he wouldn't have took our sins. And if he wouldn't have taken our sins on Calvary, uh, he wouldn't have died. And if he wouldn't die, he wouldn't have had a resurrection. And if there's no resurrection, there's no redemption. For if there is no resurrection, our faith is that. Thank God for Jesus. You ought to text. You ought to email all your haters. And one thing you ought to thank God for, you know what it is? I thank God. I don't look like what I've been through. I thank God that he used everyone that was against me that caused me to rise, to rise, to rise, to rise. I'm going higher, so go on, hate. Go on. Mm. Last two. Number seven. It says when things don't go your way, you got to know that you have God's approval. Listen to what it says. It's right there in the text. I, I'm not making it up. It says, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Wow. That's amazing. God is not ashamed. 
Now, we already talked about this, but let me, let me just repeat what I was saying. Remember uh, in Genesis 3, 6, what God said, who, who are you? He said, I am, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he says, listen, if you want my resume, all you got to do is talk to Abraham, I'm his God. All you got to do is talk to Isaac, I'm his God. All you got to do is talk to Jacob, I'm his God. And remember I told you this, I want to repeat it. When he puts Jacob in, he's saying, God is not ashamed to be identified with the worst in us. Can I say something? What's missing in this text, in all of it? Can, can, can I walk you through? Noah's in there, but where's the fact that he got drunk? It's not in there. Abraham lied, but where's that at? It's not in there. Sarah laughed. Where's that at? It's not in there. Isaac told the same lie his daddy told, which means the nut don't fall too far from the tree. You know, what we see in our children is what we don't like in ourselves. Mm-hmm. I look at my sons and I say, when they were out in the far country, and, and, and my wife said, you were just like that, you were just like that, you were just like that. Look at them, doing everything they big enough to do. Running around, doing this, doing that, doing, you, were, you were just like that. Jacob, a deceiver, manipulated his brother, lied to his father, and notice he deceived his father with a coat, and his sons turned around and deceived him. What goes around... Yo, you know it too. Moses was a murderer. Then it goes down to verse 31. Rahab, uh, 30, 32. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel. All these boys had issues. None of them were there. Why? Because in this chapter, God is finding faith, not finding fault. Now, now, now hold on. This is not a license to sin, but what it does tell us is this. That if you got issues... God will look past those issues to do by faith what he wants done and he'll deal with those issues while you're on the way. What a great reminder from Pastor Ford that God meets us where we are to take us where we need to go. Well, you're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr., and we are glad that you've joined us today to be fed and challenged and even inspired by God's Word. You know, the magic of radio is that we can take a timeless message like this from a Bible teacher like Pastor Ford and share it around the world. You know, many have come across our programs just by spinning the dial in their car and they get caught up listening. Some even hearing the gospel for the first time and they accept Christ. And being listener-supported radio it's all possible because of the generosity of our monthly partners. Today, when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, we're going to say thanks with a special offer from Moody Publishers. They've agreed to extend a 50% discount on all of their resources as long as you remain a monthly partner. This may simplify Christmas shopping. You can go online and browse through the collection of books, DVDs, CDs, and even children's resources and then apply your discount to anything that catches your eye. And there's no limit to the number of times that you can use that discount. We just want you to be equipped with the best in Christian publishing. So become a monthly partner today when you call 888-644-7660 or our website is treasuretruthradio.org. Again, the number is 1-888-644-7660 or again, become a monthly partner at Treasure Truth Radio. 
Well, our producer is Amy Rios. I'm Steve Hiller, and there's more to this message coming up tomorrow. So find out what to do when things don't go your way tomorrow. So join us for Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.